are safe. I've signed an executive order declaring a state of emergency in order to maximize our efforts and assist local governments and officials to slow the spread. That was Governor Gretchen Whitmer talking about the first cases of the coronavirus that have been confirmed here in Michigan and what she plans to do about it. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We want to continue the conversation here talking about those two cases that have been confirmed and what it means for the possible spread of the disease here in Michigan. And joining us to talk more about that is Dr. Ruta Sharangpani. She is the Wayne County Medical Director. Dr. Sharangpani, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes. Well, uh, So let's talk about what we know right now about these cases that have been confirmed in Michigan. So what we know right now, um, we know that there are two uh, individuals. Both of them are hospitalized. One traveled overseas, and the other traveled um, in uh, the United States. And, and so how should we be responding to this? What, what I'm hearing from people is a little bit of anxiety and maybe getting toward the space of panic. What should we be doing now that the coronavirus is confirmed to be here in Michigan? I think for most people, they should continue to do um, what they usually do for uh, the flu season in terms of good preventive measures, staying home if they're sick, um, washing their hands, trying not to touch your face, um, and, um, you know, uh, other things, um, and um, doing other things that would do preventive things, and calling their physician if they are having symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, So what about being in big groups. I was watching television this morning and uh, they were talking about this cluster in New York State where they think uh, one person had the virus and went to a religious service, for instance, and now there are lots of people uh, who have the virus. There was another that they were talking about in, in Washington State. Should people be avoiding large groups of people at this point? For most people, we are not recommending that. I think for those who are older, say particularly over 65, and especially if they have uh, medical conditions or um, weakened immune systems, they should consider trying to avoid um, those kinds of events. But for the general public, I wouldn't say they need to. So uh, the, the risk of coronavirus, uh, put it in some context for us. When I talk to doctors, a lot of them say to me, you are at far more risk of the flu, which which more than a million people in the country have right now, and it will kill hundreds of thousands this year uh, nationwide. Um, coronavirus, of course, is not quite on that scale yet, but is it something that could be worse than the flu outbreak? Are they related? And uh, and how should we be thinking of, of, of these two diseases? Um, well, there are certain uh, definite similarities. They're both spread the same way, that is, through droplets, through coughing and sneezing, um, or very close contact, like hugging um, if someone has the virus. Um, they're a little bit different. They're not 
in the same family of viruses, um, for example, um, and the coronavirus is a little more infectious that is, um, than the flu, but you are absolutely right that you are more likely to have the flu than you are coronavirus. Mm. Uh, should we be saying these cases are confirmed or presumed positives? We had a caller saying they still need to be confirmed by the CDC, these two cases here in Michigan. What's the difference between those two things? Well, um, since this is a new disease and a new test, um, part of the procedures are for um, the labs here uh, in the state to test it and to send it down to CDC to get confirmed. So that is correct. These are presumptive positives at this point. Uh, Talk about what your health department and other local health departments are doing to be sufficiently equipped and supported for this. Are we ready in Wayne County for a large number, for instance, of coronavirus cases to, to show up? You know, this is something that we have been preparing for um, and we are equipped uh, to deal with. Now, there are procedures if we do get uh, overwhelmed uh, by cases, there are procedures um, to ask for additional assistance. And what uh, should we be anticipating? Are we going to see school closings, for instance, like we've seen in some other states? Are we going to see cancellation of meetings and things like that? Should we be presuming that this will get worse than it is? Or is there really a way to limit the spread here in Michigan so it doesn't look like it did, for instance, in Washington state, where there are lots of changes to people's lives unfolding? You know, I think at this point it's just too early to say with just two cases um, what's going to happen. So I think it's just a wait and see. Um, and and it just really goes back to that, um, those very primary uh, prevention measures that we've talked about um, mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. to be prepared. But so, so we're seeing shortages of things like medical masks. What would you tell people who are going out and buying up things and other supplies in large quantity as if they're preparing for lockdowns or quarantines, things like that? Are are, are we overreacting already to what is happening? And does that kind of panicked behavior make things perhaps worse in some way than, than they than it should be? You know, it certainly doesn't help um, to be panicked. There are things that people can do. Now, uh, masks don't typically help if you don't have symptoms. They don't prevent um, people from uh, getting the disease necessarily. They do tend to help um, if you will have symptoms from spreading it. Um, But other things that people can be doing is making sure, for example, they have enough medications, you know, two weeks worth of medications if they have those. Um, That's one thing they should think about. Um, They should think um, about, you know, just how they can teach their kids all of those basic uh, prevention methods. And, you know, the other thing I should mention is when I said that this is something we're prepared for, this is not unlike a lot of things that we have done in the past. we do do disease investigations all all the time, and part of that is um, to identify contacts, close contacts of the case, 
and to monitor them. Um, and what that means is to um, be in touch with them on a daily basis, make sure that they don't have symptoms, make sure that they are taking their temperature so that they don't spread the disease mm. if uh, they get symptomatic. At, at what point should people think that they need to see a doctor and be tested for coronavirus? Uh, is it when you start to feel symptoms uh, or is it or is it some point after that? So um, for the coronavirus, uh, most people, particularly if they're young people, um, will have very mild symptoms and probably don't need to see a doctor. Um, just like um, with the flu, you know, most people don't actually go see their doctor if they have the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, those who are older, again, 65 or 70 years old, those who have immune, uh, weakened immune systems or um, certain medical problems would want to call their doctor, and I would say they should call ahead before um, they go see their doctor so that, they, so that the offices or the uh, urgent care or the ER can um, be prepared um, with their proper um, PPE. Hmm. And what about the long-term prospects for this disease? This idea of coming up with a vaccine for it is certainly months, if not even further away. Is this something that we can look forward to at some point being a controlled uh, issue, kind of like the flu, although I think a lot of doctors would argue that we're not doing the best job of containing the flu these days? Uh, or is this something that, that is likely to get much, much worse uh, before we can actually uh, be able to, to, to stop its spread through something like a vaccine? You know, I think that's just something we don't have enough information to answer at this point. So, hmm. uh, and what is the? I mean, what's the? What's the way we 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 know that? In other words, uh, how do we know? How do we? How will we know when this is controlled and contained? Um, I think um, we you know we will know that. Um, when it, you know, you, you know, cases may increase um, as we've seen uh, in other places before they decrease, but we will do our best to, con- to contain it. Um, but people should not be surprised if we see other cases. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Ruta Sharangpani, Wayne County Medical Director. Great to have you with us here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That is going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will, too. We're going to talk about how this coronavirus can affect schools. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.
WDET is supported by Live Nation, presenting King Crimson. The English progressive rock band comes to Detroit on Friday, June 26th at Meadowbrook Amphitheater. Tickets go on sale at noon on Friday, March 13th at LiveNation.com. King Crimson, June 26th. Census workers are preparing to count the homeless population, but the growing coronavirus outbreak could complicate their efforts. One, workers could be reluctant to go to a place where the homeless receive services. Two, the places could be reluctant to let people in. How the coronavirus could affect the census. This afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Weekday afternoons at 4 here on 1019 WDET. WDET is supported by the Downtown Detroit Partnership and the Business Improvement Zone. Seeking your opinion in the Downtown Detroit Perception Survey that will help shape the future of Detroit. Share your thoughts about events, parking, safety, and more. Details at downtowndetroit.org. Major funding for On Point is provided by GEICO, offering auto insurance coverage for cars, trucks, or SUVs, and providing 24-7 customer service. More information on auto insurance at geico.com or 1-800-947-AUTO. From NPR and WBUR Boston, I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. This is On Point. Former Vice President Joe Biden is on a roll. He scored victories in primary voting in four states yesterday, including a decisive win in Michigan. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders did not speak to supporters last night, but his coalition of voters remains a critical constituency for whomever finally locks up the Democratic presidential nomination. Now that it seems Democratic voters are coalescing behind Biden, are they also leaving behind the transformative ideas that could have taken the party and the nation forward? Up next on Point, next steps in the race for a Democratic presidential nominee. First, the news.